good evening, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is you are listening to this, ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, and good boys of all ages. It's me, Grant McGrobbie, hosting tonight for Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet for a special interview. Before I introduce my guest, who I am an absolute avid fan of, I just go through the housekeeping with you guys. Catch us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, it's Suplex Retweet. We're on YouTube, we've got more feature shows coming out of ourselves than what I can even remember nowadays. The boss man will probably give me a row after this because I'll probably have forgotten something, but hey ho, that is the risk that I'm going to take. But I'm absolutely a pleasure to introduce the head of the good boy gang, the damn dirty dog himself. I have with me tonight, Gene Money. Gene, pleasure to have you on. What's shaking, Grant? How we doing, ma'am? I am brilliant. Fresh off seeing you just the other week as well in Edinburgh. <laughs> At Discovery Wrestling, yeah, my... Uh... My home away from home, that promotion, man. Yes, yeah, uh, what a night. An absolute wild one. Where, well, wild being the right pun to use there since you Absolutely. were against Andy Wild. <laughs> someone, someone had that one ready to go, didn't they? I was, actually, didn't even mean that, but hey, we're going to run with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what an absolute match that was, Discovery, is where I, I don't know if I'm going to keep running with the puns, discovered you myself back four years ago, back in the Buffet Club days. Yeah. Um, you know, fun, fun memories, Buffet Club, and then getting to see you come up here on your own. As far as I'm aware, it's Discovery, the only promotion in Scotland that's booked you these days? Uh, yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> but you know what, to be honest, what a bloody promotion to be booked for. Alan runs a tight ship there, and every time he says, have you got this date available, I make sure I've got that bloody date available. I love it. but. Yeah, four years ago, probably doing the Buffet Club. Uh, you know, Uncle Bobby, wherever you may be, we love you. Come back soon. Yeah. Uh, those were simple, simple days. I mean, you've been coming to Discovery for years. I've had the pleasure of seeing you there so many times. You've you've weathered all elements to make sure to come up and entertain us. I still remember the great storm. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a hell of a journey and a hell of a journey back. Yeah, but worth it. Worth every... Worth every Minutes stuck in traffic, waiting on a delayed plane, waiting on a broken down bus. It's uh, worth every minute I was. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had the pleasure of seeing you countless times. And for people that haven't really seen that much, the, the podcast is big. A lot of people have seen you at shows now, some haven't. The one question that everyone know the pod wanted to ask me, which I think is one, is with the damn dirty dog gimmick, when did that kind of come to fruition in your head? When did that, what brought that around? Uh, well, I've, I've been a dog owner now for about four years, maybe four, yeah, four and a half years, coming on five. Um, and I think I kind of lost, I didn't really know what Gene Money or who Gene Money was at that kind of time. That was, um, this was just before the Damn Dirty Dog name came in, or end of 2018, maybe. Um, I'd, uh, just lost my tag team partner, Uncle Bobby. Uh, God rest his soul, wherever he is. Um, I'm saying I'm talking like he's dead, but for all we know, he might be. He uh, he's a wild he's a wild man. Um, yeah, and uh, I was kind of looking to not reinvent myself, but kind of work out who I was without the back of a tag team partner. And then my dog was just at the time rolling in shit upside down having the time of his life and then a dog came by him peed on what he just rolled on and then my dog just peed on top of it 
And so there's just this absolutely filthy animal who's lovable and isn't going to let anybody take his territory. And I was like, oh, wait, no, that's Gene Money. That, that dog is Gene Money. Um, and so that was exactly what I did. I put my dog on every bit of merchandise kit I've had. And um, yeah, I think we went down the dog angle because, yeah, if Gene Money wants to eat something or bark at something or bite something or piss on that territory and make it his, Gene will. At the same time, loves big snacks and belly rubs. <laughs> I mean, that's that is definitely a, probably the most unique gimmick, like sort of like Bertha I've ever heard out of any of them, and I absolutely love that. I mean, your your dog is famous on on Twitter. You make sure of that and and your cat. <laughs> yeah, the cat the cat's a, a, a nightmare, but uh, the, the dog's a good guy. That's it. They always say cats are assholes, but dogs are the best. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like that that whole gimmick is it's something that makes you unique. You stand out amongst everyone in the the scene, and that's pretty much any promotion I've seen you go to, and I've seen you live in a few different promotions. I've watched you on demand on so many. You've got all these different with all these sort of promotions that you've been across. I mean, you've been to you're currently in Progress Discovery. You've been to Riptide. You always kind of go to these ones that I'd say. Are are definitely sort of like the fan favourite promotions and you always stand out amongst them. Is, is there anywhere in particular out of all of them that really stands out to you that you love going to repeatedly apart from Discovery that you've mentioned? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I've, uh, especially during the lockdown period, I've loved working with Progress. They have been uh, fantastic. And I know, like, they've caught a lot of flack on socials as well. Um, but I can't fault them because they've been... You know, when we're there, we're getting a full wage, which other promotions haven't been providing. Some people have locked down. There's been, um, you know, physio there. Uh, anytime, it literally over the last 14, 15 months, they've been paying for uh, any mental health counseling support we've needed. Which, I mean, who else is doing that right now? Like, wrestling got taken away from us, and for us, that's kind of like it's it's our anchor or it's our compass. It'll either keep us grounded or it'll keep us going in the right direction. And without that, you know, myself included, it weren't a good time. And so having that access is bloody brilliant. And the fact that they cared for their workers enough to do that is bloody great. But like you mentioned Riptide, I hope they come back because they were fun. They really were. That's like the biggest way I could describe working them shows. Didn't matter who I was working, like, um, yeah, I had like a serious tag, which was kind of, I think, my final match there before the lockdown. And then um, earlier that day, I had a comedy match with um, uh, Rishi Ghosh. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, but then doing mad stuff, like working with uh, Soo Young um, and obviously dressing as a Ghostbuster for all of it and die in a fright for a finish like it got to, i just got to do mad stuff there um and they often had a barber downstairs in the changing room you wanted a fresh trim before you match all yours and that, i mean that's that's just daft but it's great i remember the sue young match because um me and her went mental uh we did a full ghostbusters thing i stabbed the ref he died uh, she brought him back as a zombie um we teased a wedding between us it was um and the thing is i was running so late after that match i had to just grab my bag run for the train get on the train go home i messaged the promoters to say look didn't have a chance to say bye i had to get my train i was running late uh, if you got any feedback from my match just let me know 
but clearly they didn't see their phone for a while and uh i was just dreading this thing like oh shit that thing i just did out there where i stabbed a ref and got a ghostbusters uh um you know, tried to suck her into the contraption with the Ghostbusters stream gimmick, and uh, which ended up accidentally sucking me off in the middle of the match and dying of fright and uh, all sorts. And I was like, I don't think I'm ever getting booked here again. But no, you know, it was just my insecurities talking, and they, uh, I came back, which was nice. Um, Attack was fun. Uh, my tenure there was short, but it was, uh, it was great. Just to, um, you know gel in that kind of atmosphere. I did a noir detective gimmick uh, for their final show and it was brilliant and nerve-wracking and it will never be seen again. (laughs) (laughs) I hope someone bring that back. If you're watching and you're a promoter, please bring that gimmick back. Yeah, I think I'm my favorite. I mean, you've, some of those places in particular, um, speaking of the pandemic, how that impacted wrestling, there was one that I thought of, which was you had the whole campaign gene for Super Strong Style 16. Yes. That campaign was absolutely genius. And the pandemic, I feel, robbed uh, robbed us of it because I don't think we ever got an official confirmation. But was there ever any plans actually talked to finally put you in it and close to the time? When does this air, Grant? Uh, this isn't going to air. I'm go- I, well, I've got probably at least a week or two I'm allowed before. So if it's... If it's not, if it's going to keep spoiler free, I can hold it off for a while to make sure it's going to be spoiler free for you. I don't. I discussed this on an upcoming episode of something, and I would like it there. I think I have discussed it in a podcast before, um, but I, I, I've, I've, I've spoke about it in a promo. Uh, I think that airs on Saturday, so I could be wrong. It might be the Saturday after, but I think it's this Saturday coming. And uh, yeah, I was never supposed to be in super strong style. This was never a, um, this was never a, a, a tongue in cheek, anything. This was literally, I got booked for MPS. I got over in MPS, which was nice. Uh, I did Ali Pali the next day in the Proteus Rumble. They only wanted something funny out of me. But fortunately, you know, we gave people laughs. Um, and then I never got a call back from them, uh, which sucked. Um, until it was Jim Smallman's last ever event and he had the uh, idea to do a reverse battle royal which had been a gimmick he'd teased for years and so on his final show he invited me to be a part of it and that was nice, it was Um, uh, yeah, Uh, don't watch the match, it was rotten but um, (laughs) yeah we had like a rap battle, uh, you know, whatever and I plugged Gene for Super Strong Style 16, and then Lycos also plugged Gene for Super Strong Style 16. And then it kind of picked up a few this and that, and um, yeah, uh, if we can hold this off a couple of weeks, it was the uh, case of Progress messaged me saying, are you available on these dates? And I noticed it was a Strong Style weekend. Um, and I looked in my calendar, and I'd been campaigning for this for five months by this point. And the answer was, no, I'm at, uh, I am a best man at my best friend's wedding in Italy that weekend. Um, and I spoke to my best friend and I said, look, I'm not going to take the gig. I really want to, but I'm not going to take it. It's your wedding. Let's make it nice and special. And he said, look, at the end of the day, 
this is your career. My wedding's just one day. I want you to be, you know, the best you can be. And if this is going to, you know, get you up to that level to work those, you know, big talents and big names and prove you can do what you do, then take the gig. So I told John this. I said, look, you know, at the end of the day, we can make a fucking story out of this as well. <laughs> like, um, and yeah, there was officially plans for me to be working all three days of Super Strong Style. Um, and yeah, it was then when that's when the flags came about and things like that, when, you know, I was ready for it and I was going to do it. And obviously the world, that world, um, exists in some sort of parallel dimension, but not this one, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah, it was kind of that big momentum. I was having a great time having, doing all the memes every week of, you know, the Gene Super Strong Style stuff. And then oof, doesn't exist anymore. Which sucks. It's just a big old momentum stopper. You say that I'm complaining that I can't wrestle. That people have had it a lot. Worse this yeah, I mean that. That's it. It was. It, it was to me. It was a huge blow. The pandemic came in. We lost wrestling in general. And that whole momentum you had leading into that. That that was. Did any of that worry you when the pandemic that pandemic started to kick in and you realised this isn't going to be short term? We're going to be without dates for a while. Was there a worry about keeping relevant and? keeping on top of things for when the world would eventually let you wrestle again? I think there was at the start, definitely. And it's definitely something that lags in your mind, you know, like, because you've got this momentum and people want to jump on that bandwagon. Like, they want to be part of the inside joke. They want to be a part of, you know, the next coming of something. Everyone wants to be a part of something before it's cool. And I do think I had a certain something that was lacking in progress at the time. Um, uh, and yeah, when the pandemic hit, it was just like, I was, uh, I was fine to start with because it was like, oh, don't worry, Super Strong Style Weekend's been moved till August. <laughs> like that did much. <laughs> um, and it was just, yeah, it was really bad to just be like, I don't know if this will happen. And then, you know, you're trying to run through scenarios in your head. You're trying to make the best of this bad situation. And of course, it wasn't just the pandemic. And then it was speaking out and uh you know which was both absolutely horrible but 100 percent needed for our industry i can't argue with that whatsoever like get the bastards out of here but then it was like it doesn't matter if i stay relevant there are more important things at stake right now so at that moment i was like for me i'm happy to have a reset here if i have to start from zero again and work my way up, then that's what I'll have to do. Because again, there are more important things. Um, I'd like to think I did, you know, okay in regards to staying relevant. But when when you're a wrestler and you don't have that crowd to feed off, especially with someone like Gene, where there's that call and response from a crowd, I don't want to do something and be questioning myself, oh, is this actually funny? Is this actually good? Because um, if you don't get that immediate response, it's like doing that comedy, it's like, well, I guess that wasn't funny. That's a big old blow to my ego. But um, <laughs> yeah, so it, I think you, when you take yourself out of that situation and realize there are bigger things at stake here and, and you know, it may take time, but the, the opportunities are still going to be there, you know, in the future. It, it comes easy to get to terms with. <laughs> I mean, I could appreciate this. It's, it's, it was a huge blow. Fans, wrestlers, uh, the momentum was there, and you know, you've you've mentioned it. You touched the fact that you have done a lot of comedy wrestling. A, a 
I've also seen you do some really fantastic serious wrestling against the likes of two matches in particular Discovery that stick out to me as having still little bits of comedy but being very serious big big lads wrestling as we always like to say you and Joe Coffey and you and Andy Wilde at Discovery both matches hard hitting do you feel that you is is it important to have a balance of both or do you prefer doing one over the other uh, well I this is the thing I never actually meant to be like that you could put it in the brackets of oh he's a comedy wrestler and like I never put myself in that position I just I think I was just uh, you know what I'll be honest I thought I was a shit wrestler and I couldn't get the booze I wanted I couldn't get the cheers I wanted but I got the laughs and I thought you know what let's stick with this and then I actually built the wrestling around that and it was like I don't see myself as a comedy wrestler anymore I see myself as a wrestler who happens to be funny and so when when a promotion says oh we want you to have a comedy match. I'm just like, no, <laughs> don't force me to be funny. It's better when it comes out naturally. Um, so when people see me smiling in a ring and joking around, that's that's natural. I don't plan the funny stuff. That's just yeah, having a good time. And I think the joy of being Gene is that there's just no need to choose. Like when it comes to gears and things like that, I know what I'm doing. I am a capable wrestler. But at the end of the day, there are so many bloody capable wrestlers out there. There are so many good wrestlers out there. You look at wrestling over the last, what, eight years in Britain, in, you know, England, Scotland, Wales, Ireland, everyone up there bloody game to a whole new level. Like the British Indies were on fire. The British Indies were so on fire on this tiny island. WWE just went, yeah, we'll have that. It's, it's mental. And the fact is, I could just be a good wrestler and I would be drowned out by every other bloody good wrestler because this this island is filled with good wrestlers. So I think the joy of having that kind of comedy gear, you know, makes you stand out. I don't go out there going, oh, this is going to make them laugh. I go out there going, let's have a match. And if the crowd want to do something, I'm going to play with that because... We're here to entertain them. We're not here to do, you know, I'm not here to wrestle someone for my own amusement. I, I, I would, but it's, uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I, I'm fine with people think of being a comedy wrestler. I don't mind that. I'm fine with people think I'm a good wrestler, but I just want to be a good wrestler who's funny. You definitely, you definitely come across as that to me. You're always, you always make it, it makes laugh. I've seen you get into the, the zone. I've also seen you do some of the most zany matches, which, I've got to talk about which is uh, the Schadenfreude and Friends stuff. <laughs> I have been to a few of those, uh, and in particular the the Baker Street Blues. That long running story with you, Chief Deputy Dunn, and Federales yep. was one of the funniest things I've ever watched. Like, uh, who, who came up with that? Where did that come from? <laughs> so it all started. Um, it all started with the first Shard and Grab show, and it was. Uh, you know, I felt honoured to be a part of that. I, I, I've, I've never, at that point, I was never anyone who anyone really cared about as a wrestler. So to have like the invite, come and be a part of this was pretty dope. I pitched an idea to Lycos, uh, who pitched it to Davis as the Banda match. So just Banda Snatch from Netflix, where it's a choose your own adventure. You get two options. You dictate how the story goes. I said, let's just do that. Let's put, let's get a Twitter poll with different options on, don't show them us. Um, and we'll just do the match based on what the crowd want. You know, we planned some things where we knew what the crowd would do. Like the whole Gene Money falling off the balcony was my stupid brainchild. 
Um, but obviously the match ended with me, uh, you know, the option was kill Damien Dunn or kill Damien Dunn, and I killed Damien Dunn. Um, I can't remember what the, sh the plan for the next show was, um, but I was in Spain, so obviously not there. Um, so at the Rip Door Outdoor Show, uh, Riptide, sorry, Outdoor Show. I don't know what Rip Door is, but it sounds pretty cool. <laughs> um, at the Riptide Outdoor Show, we, uh, I was like, okay, all I need is a sheet and two colanders and a slinky, and I can make this work. <laughs> so we did a whole video. I'd recommend you finding it. It's some of the finest acting you'll ever see. Um, I, you know, get my homemade uh, brain swapping kit because I, I feel so much guilt about killing Damo that I'm willing to uh, bring him back to life. But by doing that, I put my brain in his body, and the byproduct is his brain's in my body. Then, so he wrestled. It was him and Santos v Ricky Shane Page and Charlie Evans in like uh, some hardcore match. Um, but he's wrestling as me, and then. And then I was wrestling as him for the next few shows. So that all led to the Baker Street Blues, which was an 80s theme show, I think, um, where I was the, I guess, lead character of it. And I was trying to uh, get my body back from this serial drug lord, Gene Money. <laughs> uh, yeah, and when I say it out loud, you think, God, wrestling's fucking stupid, man. But. That's the thing, Shard and Grab sold out every show and there was never a time where I wasn't happy there. Like it was always just Tuesday or Tuesday, Wednesday, go out for a pizza or a drink afterwards and just chill out, go to bed, share a bed with Mambo or Warren Banks and <laughs> yeah, just have a great time. That rocks. But we got to do stupid stuff. I mean, uh, like I, I was Damien Dunn until we did the brain swap again. And then I, uh, we had a match where we all got brain swapped to six-man tag. So Kyle Fletcher was me briefly. I was um, I was Takeshita actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, it was a big six-man, and then we did a six-man Russian leg sweep off the top rope, threw a load of like plastic uh, cases. Um, Kyle Fletcher actually smashed one against my arse, arse so hard it smashed into pieces. And there was just a piece of plastic that was that long in my ass cheek. <laughs> Grim, but beautiful, beautiful times to just make and tell stories that you're not going to get anywhere else. Because the thing is, everyone who went to them shows, they know what wrestling is. I'm not going to, you know, there's there's a whole com there's a whole concept of ah, uh, you know, um, suspension of disbelief. And you know that everyone over there's 18. Everyone there knows exactly what wrestling is. You know they might not know all the ins and outs, but they know what it is. And so they're going there for the artistry. They're going there for the comedy. They're going there not just for the great matches, which are going to be great matches, but they're going for the entertainment side of it all. And it's just fantastic that essentially they're in on the joke, and you get to be there with them for that. And that's made what made those crowds just brilliant because they were there for a good time as you know so long as you're providing the goods they're going to be bloody up for you yeah i think that that was the kind of the magic the lightning in the bottle from like i only managed to get to three of them because you know how fast those shows yeah. sold out and it was it was the most fun because people did get it and it was great because when i watched yours it felt like i was watching 
not a booker or a promoter with an aim in mind. It was just a bunch of guys that get the business, that get the fans wanting to have fun. I'd, I'd say that, but I think people, I think veterans would argue that we didn't get the business. <laughs> um, but the the thing is, in my opinion, if you're selling out in four minutes or something daft like that, that is the business at the end of the day. We want to sell tickets. We want to sell merchandise. We want to be able to go home and go, hey, look, I can eat. It's, um, yeah, it's, people can argue that Shard and Graps is silly and it's daft and it's killing the business. But at the end of the day, people had a great time and people bought tickets. What more could you ask for? That's, and you're going from Shard and Graps and going to another promotion further south, which I know you've worked with and one that I'm hoping to get to in the new year. Um, good wrestling. I've, I've oh, seen all yeah. some of your work there. And uh, is it the Certificate of Excellence? Is that part of your... So good was a, a, a promotion in Milton Keynes where I used to live. Uh, I moved a uh, house like six months ago back to near Sheffield where I'm originally from. Um, yeah, and good didn't book me for their first show. Won't let them live it down. Um, on their second show, they had me v Terry as it in just an opening match. They didn't know what they wanted from me. I think they asked me to be villain. Um, and I probably got my ass out at some point. And I think I, I won with a crossbody reversal into a winning with the tights. But that was kind of my first soiree into that kind of crowd who knows what wrestling is. So you, it really gave me that opportunity to be an entertainer there. And I took the piss with it to a level where I didn't think it was possible. So the next match I had there was against Brooks, and that was the first time I'd met him and got to wrestle him. Um, back when I was, you know, shit. Uh, I was a late bloomer to wrestling. It was a it was a while before I got it. I don't think I've got it still like all of it, but like yeah, it was um yeah, it was uh yeah, against Brooks and I had a manager then and he just talked shit on my behalf while I was still trying to work out who and what Gene Money was because this was kind of like early stages in who, you know, in what Gene Money was. And then that progressed even further and they just didn't have a championship belt so I was like we've got one now and so it was a certificate that I designed in a picture frame uh, gaffer taped to a studded like belt that was it not really, <laughs> just, just a belt um, and I went undefeated uh, after after I lost to Brooks I went undefeated for two years or something like that I ended up having CCK Brooks and Lycos as my managers um, which made no sense, uh, but I loved it. Yeah, they were like CZW tag team champions at the time. So this is when they were, you know, scorching hot as a, a young indie team. And yeah, they were my managers, didn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, Good really just gave me that. Good were the first really people who booked me as a main character. I'd always been either an enhancement guy or just somewhere in the mid, but they were the first people who said, hey, we're fucking daft, let's give this a go. And my aim when I was Gene was let's make them regret that. Um, which I think is a great motive for a character uh, <laughs> until Gene essentially got a god complex because he was undefeated constantly, uh, usually through cheating, but it was what it was. So like, I think I can remember all my matches uh, Terry is it? Chris Brooks, Big Grizzly, Eddie Dennis. Uh, uh, oh, Eddie Dennis! I had three matches in a row that night. Uh, 
Panda Kid, Panda Cub, Graham the Ref, um, <laughs> and Eddie Dennis. Um, then it was a six-man tag. Me, Brooks, and Millie McKenzie versus Wild Boar, Big Grizzly, and Mike Bird. Uh, I had Mike Bird somewhere in the mix as well. Big Grizzly again, retired him. Uh, then Chuck Mambo, and then my first singles import of Speedball Mike Bailey. Um, and that match, like, I can watch, I watched that recently, or at least during the lockdown. I was like, this still holds up. And that was, that match was kind of the turning point for me where I was like, hey, I can go to a different level now. I didn't really realize I could. Why aren't I wrestling like this elsewhere? Um, so I kind of used that as my stepping stone to start getting a few more places. Like Mike really brought that out of me. And I said to him, just like, there's literally a spot in there where I was like, look here, Mickey Speedbox. I've seen the strong styles before. You either crack me as hard as you can or you're not. Get on with it. And I just put in my chest and like the crowd are him up. And that first kick was horrible. Um, <laughs> like rocked me. Uh, I had Charlie the ref at one bit, a match. Uh, I guess it was a death match. I don't know. Anyway, I lost the strap to Bino, and then they were like, hey, Bino, you're the actual champion now, and gave him a belt. And then Gene was just seething constantly. They did the whole Gene money, lost his smile gimmick, um, where I was Eugene Munn for a bit. And it was just daft stuff. But the best stuff was when Gene money had a god complex, and he was the god of good. And it, it just really let me just bullshit as much as I wanted to and yet somehow back that up with nonsense in the back. It was just, it was wonderful. It got to that level where someone literally messaged me saying, here's my wrestling CV. I'd love to wrestle it good sometime. And people thought the only reason that Gene Money was a main event at a promotion because he was fucking booking it. And that was like, <laughs> wow, this is eye-opening of what people think of me. But, um, like, good were great and good are great. And I don't know what I'm going to be doing when I get back, but probably as Gene, I will do exactly the opposite of what they want. Um, uh, because I think that's uh, more in character. Uh, and that sounds absolutely a delight to finally get to watch that because I will be making that journey in January for that. Yeah, yeah, I, I look forward to it. So, my last match at good, um, I was still in. Uh, incognito. I quit the business uh, a thousand times and good by this point. Um, like I had a triple threat where it was me, Ricky Shane Page and Spike Trevay and it was just me wanting to quit. I was like, look, this is my farewell speech, this, that and the other, blah, 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 blah. And then Ricky Shane Page comes out in a Gene Money t-shirt asking for an autograph because he's my biggest fan. And I'm like, look, that's fair. I get it. But I'm going to sign this and get out of here because the morons who run this, they're going to see two of us in a mat, in a ring and they're going to want to match out of us. <laughs> but if we just sign this now and a third person's music doesn't hit, we'll be fine. Of course, third person's music hits then. <laughs> I'm losing my shit by this point because I'm just like, I don't want to match. I just want to say goodbye and get the fuck out of here and quit the business. Um, <laughs> they wouldn't let me. So I then quit the business, uh, but then was wrestling under my Lucha Britannia. Um, uh, get up of Payaso Pesadilla, a nightmare clown. And so my final match was, <laughs> it was against Chris Brooks uh, in, I don't even know what the match type would be. We started fighting with, not like steel chairs, but like chairs with four legs until the point where he snaps one off 
and threatens me to take all of my clown stuff off to prove that I'm cheating money, or he will stab me in the eye. Um, we end up, I end up defending myself somehow. I can't remember. Um, but then, we, like, I, I've stripped off, so you can clearly see that I am Gene Money by this point. Um, we're fighting in the streets. We literally fight into oncoming traffic. There's a great video of Chris Brooks putting me in an octopus stretch, um, literally as cars go either side of us. Terrible idea, because I can't see anything. I'm in this awful lucha mask, like almost taking Chris into the you know headlights of a Toyota. Um, uh, yeah, I get pile-drived on a bench. All nonsense happens on the outside, like literally in the street. And then, yeah, I can't remember what happens, but I think Chris won, uh, Jay Driller. And then uh, I take my mask off and I was like, it was me all along. And everyone's like, <laughs> yeah, we fucking knew. And me and Chris had a big kiss and then that was it. That was the end of the match. Just. That's the kind of shit you can expect at Good. And I, I owe a lot to Good, to be honest. Not just like because they gave me opportunity, but they gave me opportunity to find out who I was. And I don't think I'd be the performer without uh, the performer I am without the shit they let me get away with. And speaking of the ending of matches, you do have a match which still hasn't ended about two years now. <laughs> you say that she'll she'll appear in. She'll get another <laughs> special guest and speak loudly enough. Yeah, so bloody hell, I, I, it's been, yeah, like 800 days now or something, Daft. Um, yeah, Breed. Uh, Breed uh, had no intention of booking me again, company in Sheffield, but they booked Dirty Dragan and Andre Cartier from uh, Europe, um, and they were good the previous night. And then the promoter got in touch with me saying, hey, you live in Milton Keynes. Can you give these guys a ride and pick a billiard dragon off on route? Uh, we'll we'll sub your exes. And I said, I'll do you one better. You do me that, you give me a match. And they were like, we can give you a promo segment. And I was like, screw it, it'll do. <laughs> they, they, um, so I get there. Martina is both hungover and injured from wrestling Miko Satamora the night before at OTT. Uh, in what I can only imagine was an absolute scorcher. And he's like, okay, in the future, I want to book a, a, a best of eight series between you, but I can only get you a promo tonight. And I was like, you know what? That's fine if you want a promo. And then I came up with the idea of how about we start the first series of eight tonight and we have an all falls count anywhere match and we just do it in the interval segment so when there's no wrestling so we don't take any much any time we can just in and out this that and the other uh, i say this and the other a lot my wife called me out on it so um if someone could make a tally of how many times i've said it now that'd be great uh and then uh martina was like maybe it shouldn't end <laughs> and so we have evil <laughs> but it's got to that point now where i think genuinely there is that both of us want to win this match for it to be over because you know there may come a point down the down the line where she's contractually obligated and i'm contractually obligated and we can't touch each other contractually uh and neither of us want that so uh, we want it over and done with when we can after the we've oof, we did it briefly at progress in the proteus rumble uh ali pally we started a breed we were supposed to have a death match in a cave uh that got cancelled I'm personally glad because that cave show sounded 
fucking awful. Not the talent, the talent sounded great, but just drippy, cold. I think everyone got some sort of flu. Mambo got his teeth kicked out. Uh, what a great time. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I've wrestled Martina a few times uh, and the match just hasn't ended. And there's just times where you'll be backstage and all of a sudden there's a referee and you don't know why. And she will have you. She will have you. Magistral, cradle, yeah, you know, schoolboy, small package, don't matter. She'll look it in. And you want to get out of that because you don't want this match to be over in a sense because you're like, I want to win it. Um, and so, like, even at North, we had a... We were part of a, uh, a lip-sync battle at North recently, uh, back in August, uh, Newcastle. Fantastic promotion. Going to put them over. Bloody great people doing great things. Their shows have sold out every time since they've been back um they book me so they must be some sort of mental but it's um yeah and that led to a match uh which finished with a double pin um double lanes lift from one from martina one from myself double pin in the middle of the ring then bloody tom campbell restarted the match so uh <laughs> we're still at it we are still at it it's uh it's terrifying man like you you go for a toilet and the door's not locked you're getting rolled up <laughs> there is no safe place no absolutely safe. none <laughs> no safe place we've, we've covered a lot of other things and I'm going to sort of I've got a couple of questions for the guys that they're, they wanted to ask in particular in relation to Discovery to kind of finish up I things on you ask as many questions as you want <laughs> well, the, the, one, the one that they put in that I quite like the idea of is um, you've I've seen you with a lot of different talents um, and different promotions I've seen you with, with Big Guns I've seen you Crowley I've seen you work with is there any of these kind of people from like these promotions down south that you would love to bring up to Discovery, either to tag with you to kind of take on the home talent or to bring in just into the promotion that you think would be a brilliant fit? Yeah, 100%. Warren Banks, I would promote him to any bloody promotion in the world. He is a uh, good friend. Um, I was one of his original trainers, uh, so I will take every lick of credit I can for that man. Just a genuinely, not just great wrestler i mean you look at how he's come along in the past year and he looks like a completely different performer i worked with him this past sunday at uh ignite pro wrestling in borehamwood another great show um and it he is fantastic and not just that he's a great human being like one of the good guys literally and i think he's essex based uh i would love to see him up at discovery um no one has what he has in regards to just raw potential. He's unparalleled. That actually sounds wonderful because I've seen Warren a couple of times and yeah, the man is unreal. I didn't actually realise you had a partner to train and that's that's incredible to actually see that, to sort of see everyone helping each other kind of come up, especially. Oh, now. Um, yeah, and it's great to see how far he's come. I especially think um, with progress in the lockdown chapters, you can really see how that man has, and the pony is coming, progressed. Uh, like, with his his style, his movements, his body language, the guy is a completely different performer now, and I'm genuinely terrified at how big the success can be for that man, because he's going to be unstoppable. That's wonderful. I'm going to end it with the old classic open-ended question, but what is next for Gene Money? What is what your big plans? <laughs> Whatever anyone's willing to pay me to do, essentially. That makes me sound a bit like a prostitute, but at the end of the day, I'm a professional wrestler, and I love this industry, Grant. I love this industry so much. I 
you know what, I've got like, I, I could I could drop out of wrestling tomorrow and still, you know, go and do something else, make a good income. But I love this industry so much. And it's, I'll, uh, yeah. What's next for me is I want to get to the other side of the pond. I want to go America. I want to go see what all that's about. Like I watch a lot of American wrestling and I just think there's, there are some amazing things about British wrestling that they simply do not have on their indies right now. I don't know if it's the a certain a certain psychological uh, um, not edge, but like dissonance between the two. But there's just something that makes British wrestling so captivating that they don't have many performers doing. And I, I think it's you know it's not it's shit because or anything like that because I really enjoy watching it. It's just. There's, there's a hole in the market for something, and I, I want to get myself there. And yeah, eventually, you know, as much as I love what I'm doing, it's your boy. It's your boy wants to bring some money home. It's your boy wants to say, you know, I've brought, I've put some food on the table. And I know what you're saying, Grant. It already looks like there's enough food on my table, but I'd like more options. <laughs> like, it's, um, yeah, I'd like a contract. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like that secure income to go, yeah, I am a professional wrestler and that is not just a hobby, that's not just a job, that's a bloody career. And that's a career that I've built for myself and that's what I want to be, man, because having a full-time job in this industry is, you know, is doing what I love, so it's bloody great. That honestly sounds absolutely incredible and, you know, I, I would love to see you in the American Indies. Uh, I think you I think you would be an absolute you'd fit like a glove in so many places there's so many places I think would be lucky to have you because you've been an asset to British wrestling over the last few years and especially this post pandemic period really I, I thank you so much Gene for giving me the time tonight to do this interview it's, Oh honestly Grant anything like when I heard it was going to be you I was very happy like I know you've been a fan I've chatted you across the table many times I've seen you in a lot of audiences like I saw you at Catch. I saw you at Discovery. I've seen you at Shard and Grabs. I think I've seen you at Riptide before. I've not been to Riptide. That's one I've not been to, but I did see it North. Um, north. Yeah. Oh, I, you have I, been to North. Well, of course you have. That was pre-pandemic. That's when I was at the Riverside. Yeah, that was that was a great that was a great time. That so it's I've seen you in so many places. I've, I've been I'm I'm probably like as they say in the, the the business and the big mark for you in the in the group. <laughs> and honestly, like it, people can enjoy what they want. Wrestling subjective. There's no right type of wrestling. There's no wrong type of wrestling. So long as people are enjoying it, and so long as you know, again, it sells tickets, then it's good wrestling to me. Definitely. And thank you so much, Gene, and thank you everyone for listening. This has been an absolute pleasure. This is from Eat Sleep Suplex Repeat and the Damn Dirty Dog Gene Money. Goodbye, everyone. Follow go to damndirtydog.co.uk or goodboygang.com for any Gene-related accoutrement. Buy all his merch. I do it, and it's fantastic, people. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Scott McLeod. And I'm Grant McGrobby. We are the hosts of the monthly show on Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat East Meets West. Where we'll bring you all the latest happenings, reviews and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East. You can remember to check that out on the Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat podcast feed on all good Android podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify or iTunes now. Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat.